It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective characters, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on reaching out in this episode 78 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Woohoo. Hey, gentlemen. Let's talk about... Hello. Let's talk about Dennis. Yeah. No, why? Hey, no. James. Because you want to talk about me. You uh, shrink today. No, not today. Yesterday. Oh. Did you get shrunk? I did. It's like, honey, I shrunk the kids and they put me in front of this laser thing. And then like a baseball went to the laser and it hit me. And like, now I'm tiny, tinier. I was already tiny, but now I'm like super tiny. Oh, speaking speaking of baseball, you make sure you go three times before you strike it out. (laughs) I don't like that metaphor. Who, (laughs) Like, come on. It's like baseball really America's pastime anymore. I, I think so. it's probably like video games or football. But... I think it's America's past pastime. Ah, uh, we apologize to any baseball fans out there. Now, I don't think anybody listens to us and is looking for you know the box scores. You know? <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. So, so how's the last seven days been? In full disclosure, if you do subscribe to our podcast, you notice this is coming up a little late because we are doing this pretty much live. So 30 minutes after this is done, it's going up. So um, is this hot yeah. off the press? Yeah, uh, as fresh as fresh can us? be. Yeah. So how's the last week been, Dennis? How is everything? Um, last week's been our, all right. You know, it was, I have some rough mornings with the anxiety stuff, but I'm continuing to meet my commitment of going and setting up the meeting and doing the Zoom meeting and then tearing down the meeting. Um, I saw, I did have my first therapy session yesterday. Our friend of ours who saw this gentleman before he ever came into the rooms. And he's the guy that suggested that he should go into the rooms and he's based out of Canada. Um, So he hooked me up with him and the therapist that I saw, he's actually in the program. He's got like 30 something years sober. Um, so I, I did it and I was nervous and anxious all morning. Like it was, that was a rough morning, like just to get up. Um, but I did it and, it and it was good. You know, I have some skepticisms and cynicisms. It was very AA based and stuff and like uh, gave me an assignment that I got to like meet with someone like every day to go have coffee or walk or something small, but it's got to be a different person every day. So I got to do that. So I, I checked today off. I met with Steve and, and Ray to this morning and chatted with them for a little bit around coffee. And then I didn't drink coffee cause I'm still not doing that. 
Um, but so I can count that off as the assignment for today. Um, but it was very AA heavy oriented therapy in the sense that since he's in a program and I'm in the program, you know, it's like taking references out of the big book and, and explaining how our addictive minds work and stuff like that. So it's interesting. And I'm going to give it three shots or more, you know, and see how it plays out. And, Have and you met I, him before? No, I never met him before. It was the first time I had met him over the phone. Um, it was like video call. Mm-hmm. So I saw him and stuff. Um, but it was good. It is it's it's something. You know, I imagine, you know, and I'm trying not to think overthink it or think too far ahead about it, but I imagine I'm gonna end up having to see someone here, you know, like in person. Mm. This is kind of like I don't know, introductory into it and kind of gauge where I'm at. Wait, you saw you know, did you did you go in person to see the shrink? No, no, it was over video call. Oh, it doesn't seem to- so. It was just, that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, when it, I went to therapy, but, that's exactly how it was. Uh, yeah, well, was right now call. with every with everything going on, I think ninety five percent of all therapy sessions are being held over the phone. Like, I have a good friend of mine who's a therapist in Texas, and she does most of her stuff over the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the COVID stuff. But did he did he ask you to lie down on a couch? No, okay. he did not. Was he holding a clipboard? Outside pacing like I am now, like I always do when I'm on the phone. Oh, nice. Yeah. What was the background? Was it the ocean? <laughs> no, just just my orange building in the stairway. No, not yours. This isn't all about oh. you. It's <laughs> all about this guy. This guy. It was his office. Wait, you didn't have the guinea pig up? No, I, mean, I figure if you're talking to a therapist, you should at least show your face. Like they're not going to be able to read your body language already, so you might as well get your facial expressions. My therapist had the ocean sometimes, um, really, and also a backdrop that looked like it was in a cathedral, and looked like it was in a what? A, a, like a cathedral, like a big church. That was a oh, Jedi no. temple, Mike. Ah, that's what it was. Yeah. He, he was a big Jedi. Gen- James has some pretty good backgrounds. He like has different Star Wars ones and stuff that are pretty cool. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you went. Also, it sounds like if you take James' advice, you at least have two more sessions. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to, you know, just like going into AA, you know, like I I don't know what's best for me and I don't know what the best solution to my problems are. So I can't go in and like listen to my cynical mind or my skepticism. I got to go in and be open-mindedness and willing me. And, and I, I don't think, give it a fair shot. What do you think, James? I don't think it's wrong if, uh, if Dennis feels a certain way of like, I'm looking for something uh, to help me get through this outside of my uh, AA or recovery tool bag. Um, since it is your money uh, that you're paying, you're you're paying for a service, and I think totally saying like, "Hey, I kind of feel this way," um, it, it would yeah. be unfair for you to think that he already knows what you want. No, 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 and I and I agree with that, and like it will, and I think ultimately I'm going to end up seeing someone 
else because I definitely would like to see someone in person closer to home mm-hmm. that I can build a rapport with and a relationship with. But I, I'm taking this as like, you know, the first impression is just just one setting. Like, I like the guy. He's obviously smart. He knows what he's talking about. But it's also like first session of any therapy or doctor or whatever. It's more of like get to know you, like try to make you feel comfortable. So it could be that he's just speaking language that I know. And we're mm. like talking back and forth kind of thing. So who knows what the second session is going to be like, or the third or the fourth, you know? So I can't like make that judgment now. So are you, are you in weekly sessions? Um, I'm meeting with him next week, next Wednesday. So okay. I don't know. I'm, you know, just like with everything, I'm trying not to overthink anything and get overwhelmed and stuff. I'm just going to give it to God and, and go with the flow kind of. I like that. Yeah. Anyways, I think it sounds how solid. was your week, James? Oh, I was gonna go to you, Mike. <laughs> oh, oh, what a great way to ruin a segue. I know, I know, James. Do you want to go? Or you want me to? Uh, no, go ahead. I'm right here. Um, so, so J- James knows. I I don't know why I didn't reach out to you, Dennis, and I truly apologize. Um, I had a lot going on uh, this past Thursday. I received a call from uh, my lawyer. Uh, I guess my ex-wife is trying to uh, move three hours away Ooh. with my daughter. Yeah, that's a new um, development. And that's something that in Florida um, y- you can't do without the other person saying that it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you can only move 50 miles with 50-50 split custody unless, you know, both people agree that they're fine with switching up custody because then the custody would go to her. And I would only see, she said, uh, she thinks I only need to see Olivia twice a month. Oh, wow. And it would just be on the weekends. So it would be Friday, 6 p.m. And then I would have to return her back to Northport which is 160 plus miles away. Where is that? Uh, that's near, it's near Venice. Oh. Um, and uh, at first I did have hanger um, and like um, really annoyment, not because I, I didn't have any fear. Let's put it this way, because I know that the, the Florida law ha- has me, my God has me. And I have representation that will make sure that everything gets done appropriately. And then after a few hours and I talked to James and everything, um, I have just so much appreciation for um, AA uh, in my tool bag to remind me that, hey, everything's okay. And the timing of this is actually perfect because it's before we put the seal on everything, financials, and uh, I was going to let a lot of stuff go. Um, my, you know, my sponsors like just, be, just be done with it, do what you need to. And then when this came up, um, since it was going to be like a 80, 20 split of, or a 70, 30 of a lot of that stuff, he said, you know, it's just going to be 50, 50. If she wants to move, she can move and what she wants as far as custody, um, I like she can just see her a couple times a weekend if she really wants to move and she thinks this is what she wants to do. Um, because I'm not, I'm not letting 
uh, my daughter be without both of her parents. Um, I, I hope, I hope that's not the case. I hope she does stick around, but I also want her to think about, think about Olivia. And I don't think she's doing that uh, because it would be in the best interest of any two-year-old to have both parents within the same area, unless one parent is sick or uh, ill-equipped to do the job, which by the grace of God and the company I keep, I am not that guy that I was uh, beforehand, you know? Um, so, you know, we got the next two weeks to, to respond and then hear how that goes. Um, but she already researched schools and said she wanted to pretty much move right away. Wow. Um, so, um, no, yeah. this is kind of beside the <laughs> point, but did she give a reason why? Um, no, she said that she had family in the area, but as far as I know, the only family that she has in the area is her 97 year old grandfather that's in a nursing yeah. home. Um, uh, but that's about it. She just said she wanted to, I, she works from home, so she doesn't, it's not relocation for job. Yeah. Um, and it really doesn't matter in the state of Florida. Uh, other states are different, but um, state of Florida, if you move because there is a job or there's uh, family, there's no family closer than a direct parent to the child, you know, yeah. so just her parents could even be there and it wouldn't really matter unless I couldn't actually, you know, uh, pay for schooling or clothing or food for Olivia. So I'm grateful for that. But it was like, uh, it was so sad. And I, I was talking to James about just being uh, upset more that um, I guess my picker uh, had picked somebody that would, would do this to her daughter, you know, cause I, I just think this is the most selfish thing to uh, try taking a parent away from a child. Um, but that's yeah. it. I don't have hatred today. And I don't know if I sound different and better today, James, than I did when I talked to you last uh, Thursday, but I feel better. Yeah. You sound better. And um, I, I liked how you said you're picker. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's funny. We all have bad pickers at times, you know? And uh, yeah. You know, I think we but, talked about this um, maybe a year or probably not that long, but, you know, a lot of people are, are sick. You know, a lot of people um, go through life and if they don't have a higher power, they, they fill their life with things, with changes that they think they need to make. Um, if they're not happy, they think if they change their circumstances, they're going to be happy. But ultimately, no matter what these certain people do to change their lives, they're going to be miserable and they're going to, make the people around them miserable and all you can do really is pray for them and and be kind and loving and um you know luckily you've got the law on your side uh which is a wonderful thing um you know you you've got to jump through some hoops i know that uh being married to a lawyer you know there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes and if you don't cross all your t's and dot all your i's uh it could be rough so I'm, I'm glad you're doing the right thing, buddy. Um, yeah. Thank you, James. How's, how's the last week been for you? And it, it was also, it was an absolute pleasure uh, speaking alongside you and T 
at the virtual um, Zoom group in New Hampshire that we linked up with earlier. Oh, yeah, that too. happened this week. Y'all did great. Thank, thank you for your service, James. Yeah, I was talking to my wife afterwards, and um, she was saying what I was feeling. Like, each one of us said a little different part about AA and our story. And it was just remarkable how it all meshed together. We covered pretty much everything, and it was just entertaining and fun. It was really yeah. cool to work together. And then um, Dennis, um, unfortunately, Dennis was not able to share because we didn't have time for him. I'm so sorry, Dennis. Maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe. We literally... uh, full, full disclosure, I, I, I declined to share, but I was there for support. But then obviously, like with y'all three sharing, y'all did take up the whole time anyway. So it was perfect for him. Yeah, so that was uh, that was God's will, not yeah. yours. <laughs> so how was the how was the last week? Uh, did you do anything fun on Marriage Monday this week? Um, we uh, watched uh, Marriage Monday. What did we do? We didn't do. You go to Disney you can Springs. Hear her in the and... background, you can hear you can hear T. Is she yelling at you? Did you not do the dish? No, no, that's not coming from my side. That's different. oh. It must, must be Dennis's yeah. side. There's no one yelling. It's peaceful out. <laughs> no, I, we didn't do anything. We um we like we didn't go to Disney Springs. Um, we watched the rest of Wandavision. That was a really cool show. That that was a great finale. Yeah, it was really good. And um, you know, we um we do marriage time every um morning. We do uh. We, we pick a, a scripture reading plan and it, uh, from the U version app, uh, which is oh yeah coincidentally um, the app that was created by the church we attend, uh, Life Church. And um, when I, I didn't know you attend that church. That's fun. Yeah. Well, we do it, you know, virtually. But um, yeah, Craig, Craig Rochelle. And honestly, he uses a lot of uh, I, I get and this isn't like an endorsement uh, of him, but. I feel like a lot of the tools in our program, he speaks on in a different way. So I, I appreciate that. I love Paul Fred Rochelle is awesome. I, I just, he makes me laugh and the way he just, he's so entertaining and he, he gets right to the point. He's like, this is bad. Don't do this. The only thing mm-hmm. I don't like is he, he really talks down about video games a lot. No, no. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, yeah Dennis and you, you, you were selling me on him. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah. Well, he, what, he doesn't say anything bad. He basically says, you know, don't waste your life playing video, sure. video games, you know, which is, you know, common sense, really. Well, he did a sermon once and he said the devil created video games. I remember that. Well, that's a little and I was like, that is that's that's like the footloose, like dancing is from the devil. Like, come on. No, he's not footloose. <laughs> Dude, we built a church in Minecraft. Come on. <laughs> and then yeah, not a live church. Um, he just put a bunch of people in them and shut them in tiny little corners and he goes and whenever he needs something. From these little people, he goes. No, those are our her- those are our hermits. Hermits are a, an ancient tradition in the church of these wise people that like live out their lives in solitude and collect wisdom. And then you go to them when you need a nice wisdom. So we go to them and we get books of wisdom that strengthen us, like an oracle. 
<gasps> I love Oracle. You know, like, I mean, hermits kind of were like the oracles of, of like the early churches and stuff. So obviously the oracles were from Greek traditions, like ancient oh, Greek that, traditions. So. I, I, I just remembered um, my, my son, my 17-year-old, took his SATs and he got um, a 1340 on his SATs, which is the, it's in the 91 percentile. Nice. Over 7 million Americans. So, I mean, that was... If I can tell you, your son, he... Ev- I think evokes is the word. When I when I met him, and I've only probably met him like two or three times, um, I thought he would... He is extremely intelligent, how he holds himself. And uh, so props to you, James, for actually giving him, especially the last couple of years, the Guiding Light and... Uh, every time you bring him to a meeting uh even whether he's focused or not i think just like a sponge they do absorb a lot of that yeah like he is smart like me and james hung out with him a little bit this past week in minecraft and he showed us this data pack that he was making right and a data pack is just like adding content to the game kind of but it basically teach you have to learn coding to be able to do that because it's ultimately your game designing and coding is the backbone of it so he literally mm. taught himself to code and like made this thing that like actually pretty like he's still working it out but it like works in the game and that, that's so impressive. Wow. like it's definitely intelligent it was fun he had dennis laughing out loud yeah data pack <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was good it was so funny dennis, yeah i won't get into it but you know it was it was great i was yeah. proud of the- it was fun you should be proud of him. He's a good kid. He is a good kid. Thanks. So that's so that's great. Well, I um I posed the topic to you guys about reaching out, which uh, I can only speak for myself, or at least I, I'll speak for myself to, to start things off. That um, it was so foreign that my first sponsor, when I met him um, and started that path. The second day that I was sober, the second meeting that I went to, um, where he said, hey, make sure to call me every day. And if you're having a tough time, you know, call me immediately before you do anything to jeopardize your sobriety. And um, so I would reach out to him all the time, regardless. But the very first time, and maybe I can just start with that, that um, I was having a difficult time because my job, similarly to, to James, even though James is like literally every day, he's in a bar. I was doing a, a gig where I had to go and broadcast at a bar and, and host a party. And I had about a week and a half um, sober and I felt really, really funky and really off. And I was there and, you know, uh, it was, there were a couple different things that he said to make sure to do, go to the bartender uh, when I walk in. And this, this made me feel really weird, but I said, Hey, uh, I just want to, you know, I want to introduce myself. I'm working the gig. And I also like, if anybody tries to buy me a drink, I don't, I like, I'm not, I'm not drinking. Uh, today so there were people that did and 
he was able to shut them down. So I didn't have to. Um, and that was a tool that I got from my sponsor. But even during the event, there were many people cheersing and around me. And I was able to take a second. I walked outside and I reached out by calling my sponsor. And I'm like, hey, I'm just leaving you a voicemail, um, you know, kind of feeling a little off. But when I walked back in, even though he didn't even pick up, that action of reaching out helped me. Um, and I always try my best to give my number to newcomers to hope that they do the exact same thing. Um, so that was the, the, the first time that I reached out for help. And then probably when I had, I, I finished my 90 and 90 and I started another one, um, that people actually started reaching out to me that had just a couple days, uh, sober. And it was great. Whenever my phone would ring, you know how like sometimes your phone rings and you're like, oh, it must be a solicitor. I don't have this number saved in my phone. Um, I would always smile like ear to ear thinking like, oh, you know, maybe it's somebody that um, that needs needs a hand, you know, that is going through a tough time. And whenever it was, you know, I would have about five to ten minutes in my day if I was working or longer if I wasn't where I could get out of myself and just the importance of that is tremendous so that's that's what i've found uh dennis do you want to go next about reaching out yeah um yeah i think reaching out is vitally important um you know if we're you know isolation is a big problem for a lot of alcoholics and addicts and you know it's a definitely a major problem for me um but it's one of those things like if you never reach out and let people know what you're going through and like open up to them and be vulnerable with them, then they won't know, you know, it's not like we walk around with signs on us saying like, I'm struggling right now, especially we have a habit of like, Oh, how are you doing? Everything's fine. Good. How are you? And like, that's the extent of our conversations. I think it's important to reach out, you know, and I think, you know, with kind of what you touched on with like sponsors telling us to call people and like, just talk to them, you know, it doesn't have to be about anything, just call someone and do it regularly. And that's to, I believe that's to like build that, the habit of being able to pick up the phone so that when we are going through something that like the phone's not as heavy, you know, we can through doing this, being forced to do it or being suggested that we do it when we don't want to, it builds the new habit, but it also builds like relationships, you know, like I have a friend of ours who like calls me like almost every day on his like drive home from work or in between like places that he's got to go or something. And we just chat about anything like how's your day? How's not. And, you know, I know this person from in-person meetings and zoom meetings and stuff too, but like our relationship is growing closer just by doing that, you know, just by having random conversations about whatever movies, how your day's going or whatever, it develops those relationships so now that like, you know, 
if I am going through something or I need help with something or whatever, I'm not, I'm not afraid to reach out to that person, you know, and it's the same as everyone that we talk to regularly. Like if I'm going through something, I wouldn't be afraid to reach out to like you, Mike, or you, James, you know, and it's because of those initial, like, I don't know, not meaningless conversations, but those conversations that we have just because, you know, it's suggested we call someone, you know? Yeah. That makes sense. James? That's good, you guys. Um, you know, reaching out. Well, first of all, reach out and touch faith. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, it was, that, that's nirvana that's nirvana right no it was going through my head <laughs> you know it's personal I, jesus reaching out is um vital when you're um a newcomer um heck before you're even in the rooms you know you, there, you come to a point where you have to ask for help you have to find someone who knows the answer of how to get into this hole that I've been in. And um, for me, um, it was asking those people at the first meeting, you know, what's this all about? I had no idea. Uh, asking for numbers early on, um, you know, man, in early sobriety, you're just, for me, I was sitting in the back a lot, you know, just trying to keep my mind on the meetings thinking about like the mess I've caused in my life what it's going to be like when I get back home and you know if I hadn't reached out for help when I did at um 23 who knows where I'd be now you know I, I think God had a a large part in a, a lot of that um and and they co you gotta have courage to reach out you know and um it takes a lot of courage to, to come into the rooms, I think. Um, and to let people know what's going on with you. Like you guys were talking about, I've used the group a lot. Um, especially, um, in the last three years, you know, I, um, I asked for advice inside of a meeting. Like, um, for example, I, um, so I was trying to get health insurance, right. Um, because the child support court ordered me to do it. And then they called and they asked me a bunch of questions and they asked me, well, have you ever done illegal drugs? And I was like, yes, I sure have. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, cause like in AA, you're supposed to be, you know, honest and everything. And then, um, and then I got denied my, my life insurance. I was like, well, why, why is that? And then it says right there in black and white, because you've used illegal substances. I was like, uh, and, and I, I start, I brought it up in the meeting and I said, you know, you know what? I thought you were supposed to be honest. And then everyone had something to say. Big Al, uh, my sponsor, our sponsor, Mike said, yeah, the insurance is the devil. You don't ever have to be honest to them. <laughs> I, I, oh, I, my I God. That's what he said. And um, <laughs> oh, <it's great. laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, it, it's good. You're bringing this up to the group. Next time, bringing it up before you answer anything. <laughs> so, you know, 
And if I if I can just cut in and say the opinions are our own, we don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Yeah, Go ahead, yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> so that that brings me to a good point. You know, you want to reach out and get good advice before you do something, like you were saying, Dan. No, you don't yeah. want to do something and then go into it. So I learned a valuable lesson in that. And um, another thing, you know, is with um, with going into rehabs early on, you know, I didn't have a lot to offer, but I still had enough to help these people who were at their lowest. So by doing that, even though I didn't want to sometimes, you know, that was such a valuable way to reach out. I remember when I was in rehab, when the people came and they shared their, their experience, strength, and hope. I, you know, I really admired that. And I, I hung on to people's stories because I could identify with a lot. I was a person who identified early on. I didn't, I didn't try to um, compare myself, um, which was a good thing for me. But ultimately, until God inter- intervened in my life, you know, I was, I was going to do it my way anyway. So thank mm-hmm. God for God, you know. <laughs> So did, did you ever get that life insurance? Yeah, I got it. Um, not as much as the child support court wanted. I actually got it through my employment, and they didn't ask any questions. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So it, it all works out. <laughs> it does. It does. I, I always make, um, just because and we mentioned earlier, the, the virtual – uh, Zoom meeting on New Hampshire that uh, James and I and Dennis were a part of this week. Um, I always try to I don't I don't want to beat a dead horse, but the last like 60 seconds, 90 seconds when I speak. Um, I know that I have to hear the same thing over and over and over again before it actually goes into my head. And I try to remind people like, hey, you know, if you're going through a tough time, reach out to us, you know. And to, to, since I was uh, the last person that was uh, granted the opportunity to speak at the, the meeting, I think it's so important, you know, to, to remind people, because unless you hear it over and over and over again, like I didn't believe it when somebody said, oh, yeah, you know, you're reaching out to me actually helps me maybe more than it even helps you. Um, and just the power of that, that we never have to go through this thing alone, you know, and I don't know about you guys, but there hasn't been a scenario that has been going on ever in my life that if I don't bring it up in one meeting or two meetings or three or talk to enough alcoholics, I am not original and it has been done before. And you know, if it hasn't been done before by somebody in the meeting, they have definitely heard somebody that has and been able to put me in contact with them. Um, and I think that's that's the great thing, right? Because it's almost like we're all scientists on how to get through this thing. If you have enough time stacked up, I feel like uh, we have uh, what's what's the phrase um, if somebody goes out and drinks again? Uh, they like to do more research, right? You hear that in meetings like, oh yeah, they're going out to, uh, you know, do some more tests to see if they're, you know, they've had enough pain and hit their bottom. And I'm, uh, I'm forever grateful that the ability to reach out, there's never been more ways to do it nowadays. 
you know, uh, some people are against texting. I say any way that you reach out uh, possible uh, is important to do so. And I had a impossible time. I used to hit the noon meeting um, when I first got sober. And then some days I would then also hit the six o'clock um, meeting. But in between one and five thirty, when I would get there before the meeting, like my head would be it would have I would have a difficult time at like three o'clock in the afternoon. Because that's usually when I would be drinking uh, and getting drunk. So to get my head out of it, I started uh, calling up friends and or trying to do a meeting after the meeting that would get me to three o'clock and then that would propel me for the next couple hours to get through it. So um, anything else with reaching out that you guys can identify with? Um, I think it's worth mentioning that, like, that they're almost therapeutic value of it, of like, you know, if you're going through something and you reach out to another alcoholic or drug addict or someone and start talking to them, it doesn't necessarily have to be about you or your problem or whatever you're dealing with, but like having that, a conversation with someone and talking about them will help you get outside of yourself. So you're not focused on yourself, you know, it can be like, give you that little moment of relief or whatever, or help put things in perspective or does, you know, pull you outside of yourself, you know? Yeah. When you're along those lines, when, you know, you, when you're reaching out to a, a newcomer, um, I try to um, just tell them about, you know, where I was at and try to give them some examples of how I used to drink, how I used to drink when I didn't want to drink, um, how it's all I thought about when I wake up, just a few little snippets, you know, to see if they can, they look at me like, oh yeah, he knows what it's like. But then, you know, at the same time, be but it's so much better now. I don't have that obsession anymore. You know, mm. Don't be, I don't like to be like, you need to do this. You need to get a book. You need to go to meetings. I'm, I, I just try to be friendly. Like, hey, yeah, this works, you know, come do it. You know, I'm, you know, some people need that. Like, sit down, shut up. Don't say anything. Um, I found that that doesn't work for me because I never liked it done to me. So why would I turn around and do it to someone else? You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So different different strokes for different folks mm-hmm. absolutely well hey i appreciate you guys reaching out to uh, uh to me the last uh seven months in particular um you know james being one of the first people i reached out to and then uh, dennis and i when you were speaking about you know your therapist now uh says you have to go walks you know go on a walk around the lake or whatever with, uh, with somebody new, it's like, I don't know how many walks you and I have had around that lake, uh, kind of getting me out of myself. And I'm grateful in all honesty that I didn't have a thought of a drink or a drug the last, you know, year with any uh, trials and tribulations that I might have had, but I knew the solution was actually reaching out and walking around, you know, um, and doing that, you know, and, and you almost, uh, for me, you want to reach out, 
you know, you want to reach out, especially if I'm having a good day, people in the program and not in the program, I will reach out to them um, because I'm like, you know what, somebody else, today's not a good day for everybody. You know, there's never one day that everybody is having an amazing day. You know, people go, oh, maybe Christmas or on your birthday. It's like, no, definitely not. <laughs> there's a lot of people that hate holidays and are are sad because they don't have anybody to uh, to spend it with, you know, or the people that they do, they're not happy with where they are in their life. So uh, just having an opportunity to get somebody out of themselves and me, I'm, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And I, I think that's like one of the beauty things about uh, the fellowship is that no matter what it is that we don't have to do it alone. You know, and the first step of that is letting people know, reaching out. And then you'd be surprised how many people will be there for you. You know, like me going through what I've been going through the last few months has like tons of people have reached out to me. I mean, they're still reaching out to me, you know, and I'm talking with them and stuff like that. And it's made the whole experience, you know, having like James and Mike and, you know, my close friends that are around me in the program and stuff has made it more bearable in my days, less, less dark than it would have been, you know, three and a half years ago when I was going through it, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's, you know, it, it, we're just not, we're not alone anymore and we don't have to do any of life stuff alone. That's awesome. Nice. I appreciate you, James. Any final words before we tie this off? Good stuff, guys. Pleasure being with you guys. Absolutely. We'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 79. We're the defective characters entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, we are responsible when anyone, anywhere reaches out for help. And we'll see you next time. Woohoo!